If you have your little bulletin today, I want you to look inside there, and there's a place. I'm going to make three points in this sermon. There's a little place in there for you to write down notes if you want to. Over the years, I've had a lot of people come to me and say, you know, your sermon today uh, really wasn't for me. It was for my children, and uh, I'm going to give them a copy of it, uh, or I'm going to give you my notes or whatever. Sometimes folks in this church come to me and say, you know, today the sermon really wasn't for me. It was for my grandchildren. (laughs) And what I'm doing, of course, is I'm uh, hopefully going to give some things that will be not only helpful for you and your children, your grandchildren, uh, but we're going to deal today with a very uh, obvious uh, topic for, for every person that's in the room and for someone in your family. The three essentials uh, for marriage. Ephesians 5.21 is the text this morning. Be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. Be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. Talking about the marriage bond. Today our news is filled with people having affairs. And people groping other people. And people raping other people. It seems like it's on the front page of the newspaper every day. You know, something with these people, something with those people. Politicians are always wanting to be in the news, but not for the things that have been in the news lately. Uh, you know, some of the you know, top people have had to resign because of affairs or rapes or whatever it was. Some of the coaches across our country have gotten into situations that were very bad and they've had to quit or be fired or whatever. Some of the entertainment people, probably more people in this area than any of the others. Uh, The entertainment people, as you know, have fairly loose uh, morals. And uh, it seems like finally after all of these... uh, years and years, a lot of that is coming out, and it's the front page on the newspaper, it's on the TV, on the news at night, what these people are doing and who's doing what with whom. Bill Cosby was always one of my favorite stars, and I hated to see that stuff in the newspaper about him, and of course all the others, you know, we need to pray for them and lift them up. Well, There are a lot of marriages in our society today that are in trouble. We all know that. Some of them are in serious uh, trouble. There are also a lot of couples in our society and our church that are doing very well. You know, they're very happy. They're serving the Lord. Uh, They're trying to do everything they can to have a good home life with the other person. The difference in those two groups is not that one group has a lot of money, And the other group doesn't have any money. That's not the defining thing at all. The difference is not in what part of the country uh, you live in. Somebody in the early service today told me that uh, it was 19 degrees below zero where they live. And uh, I thought, well, you know, I knew I was going to preach this sermon. I thought, well, I bet they're real close up there uh, because that is cold. Well, externally, there are no differences between the typical couple 
that is doing well and the couple that is having terrible marital conflict. The difference is not that couples are in conflict, do not know how to, how to handle things. Some people just have better skills naturally than other people do, and they can deal with the trials better. Some couples are filled with tension, and the individuals hurt each other, though many times they don't intend to do that. But what they say or what they do really hurts the other person. Cindy and I have our stresses uh, uh, prayed about in our evening prayers, and that really helps us. I would suggest that uh, for you. Uh, People that have learned to cope internally with three basic ways usually can have a wonderful message. If not, you'll have increasing stress. For years, counselors said the whole trouble is in money, sex, and in-laws. Those are the three things that are the big, you know, the big problem areas, the things that break up marriages, money, sex, in-laws. Well, those are perhaps the three outward manifestations of uh, what's wrong, Uh, perhaps the most uh, prevalent when marital discord is present, but perhaps those three are not the causes, the causes of the inner difficulty. Inner failure demonstrates itself through money problems, sexual problems, in-law problems, but how do we get at the inner failure? Marriages fail from within. I want to give you three important ingredients for a great marriage. They're in your bulletin there if you want to uh, follow along with those. Number one is commitment to ongoing growth. You must pledge yourself to each other, and you need to pray that God will empower that part of your life more if you're going to keep your marriage growing. And, of course, that's what you want. Most people have no idea what you're talking about when they say marriage growth. They don't know what that is. Our culture says that when you're married, you're married. That's it. Very static. Uh, a A legal concept. Well, in the wedding service, there is no commitment to growth. Only duty. In the wedding service, we say, no matter how bad it gets, we're going to stay married until death do us part. Well, let's be honest. People uh, in our day and age are not doing that. Uh, They're getting a divorce. Over half of the people that uh, are married uh, get divorces uh, today. Uh, We say, for better or worse in the marriage. Well, who makes it better or worse? You do. You do. Uh, You have to plant a garden to have a garden. Everybody knows that. You have to water it. You have to weed it. You have to fertilize it. You have to cover it when you have uh, frost or snow or something like that. You know, it's the same in a marriage. You have to work on it daily. You have to watch it daily. 
And if you do, and you give it your best, more than likely you're going to have a wonderful marriage. People have great potential for adaptation and growth. We all have that in our marriages. In every couple, there is a potential for a loving relationship, for trust, for openness, for sharing, for empathy. All of those things are standing right there, and you can pull them in if you want to. But these potentials must have a design, a working, growing program. If your marriage is not growing, try something else for crying out loud. Uh, Be proactive. Uh, Do something differently. Talk to happy Christian couples. One church where I served years ago, we had this couple that were real happy all the time and great Christians. And a lot of times I would recommend people that were in trouble talk to them. I said, and and this couple really did a good job at it. They would sit down with a couple and they'd talk through their schedule and their goals and all these different things. And so many of the ones that they worked with came to me later and, and said, You know, we never knew that we could have all those things that they have in their marriage. And it was a real ministry. It was really great. They did just a terrific job. You know, if you talk to happy Christian couples, you get good advice. You put those uh, into your daily walk, and things change. You read good books from Christian bookstores, and things change. You get counseling from somebody that has real degrees. Don't uh, go to somebody that uh, thinks they're a counselor, but really don't have any idea what they're talking about. Don't just sit there and let your marriage continue to deteriorate. Do something. You know, move forward. The second ingredient for a great marriage is an effective communication system. Now, that's very important. Most marriages don't have this. You need to help your marriage to grow, develop, mature. Studies say about 87% of the couples in America don't have clear, open communication. Well, how do you get it? Well, I have five points that I want to talk to you about. Number one is self-awareness. What most of us do, if something is not good, we kind of stifle it. We kind of press it back down to where we don't have to think about it every minute. We stifle it. We push it back. This, of course, hurts ourselves, and it hurts our relationships. You don't want to stifle it. You want to let it come out where you can deal with it and improve it and, and have victory over it. Number two is self-disclosure. This is the basis for every deep relationship. It's not common interests that are the basis for a deep relationship. You know, some people say, well, we both like stamps and we both like uh, hockey, and so we ought to have a great marriage. Well, if you're counting on those two things to pull it through, you're in real trouble. Uh, You know, you've got to go beyond that. When you hold back on who you are and how you feel, who you are, how you feel, you deprive the other person of the ability 
to get to know you at a very basic level. That is very, very important. Now, if this works in friendships, which it does, it will also work in marriages, to work in your marriage. Marriage partners should be very close friends as well as lovers. A lot of couples don't even talk every day. I've talked with people. They say, you know, we're having real problems. And I said, well, have you talked about it recently? And they would say, we haven't talked in three months. I said, well, that's part of the problem. We've got to work on that. Uh, number three is to complete the communication cycle. Now, we need to make sure that the other person is hearing and understanding what we're saying and how we meant what we're saying to be taken. You need to get feedback. You need to ask important questions uh, like, now, what, what do you think I'm saying here? And then get your mate to respond to that. And that way, you work it out to where you have very, very clear communication with each other. A lot of people say, well, I'm not going to go through all that rigmarole. That's ridiculous. I'm not going to do that. Well, then you grow further apart because you're not communicating. Sometimes even great speakers give a mixed message. Different people sitting in the same room get completely different ideas about what the speaker is saying. There needs to be a time when the participants can ask the speaker what he or she meant when they were speaking. If there is a misunderstanding, this procedure needs to be followed. Feedback and confirmation, those are very, very important in every marriage in our country. Feedback and confirmation. This works in every marriage. There are different styles, number four, of communication. There's the information level where you say, it's nice we live in Florida. You know, I just love hot dogs. You know, it's real hot outside. You know, our dog is out in the front yard. You know, that's, that's just very, very, very superficial stuff. That's not really saying anything about you, who you are, how you feel. Very superficial. There is the, the put-down style of communication. You say things that are hurtful, uh, mean, sarcastic. Uh, they can be subtle, but they're clear uh, in that they meant to put you down. People that want to have good marriages pledge to each other that they are not going to use this put-down style. That is just terrible. Uh, that will literally ruin your marriage. It's very damaging in a love relationship. Number five, there is a working style of communication, and this is very good, and we all need to do this. Uh, every once in a while, we need to ask our husband or wife, you know, how are we doing? How are we doing? Everything all right with you? Are, are we doing okay? Anything I need to do? Uh, you know, anything you want me to do? You know, anything? Uh, what's happening? How, how really are you? Are you doing okay? Are you depressed about anything? This is a working style. And guess what's the main part of the working style? Listening. Listening. A lot of times when I'm talking to somebody... 
I can tell by their facial expression they are not paying any attention at all to what I'm saying. They're thinking of what they're going to say next. And, you know, that's the way it is with a lot of families. They talk at each other, but not with each other. And that's very, very important. We need to share our feelings, of course. There are two ground rules for sharing feelings. One, you do not attack the other person. The other one, do not justify yourself. You know, if you're all the time saying, well, I, I meant this, I wanted to do that, you know, I, this didn't come out exactly. You know, if you're saying all that over and over and over again, you're not getting where you want to be. You want to value affirmation. There was a study done years ago in Oklahoma. Uh, I've read about this in two or three different books, and it must have been a pretty comprehensive thing. There were a group of researchers that got together, and they said, we're going to go across this state and find the hundred happiest families. And that's what they tried to do. They went to every town. They went through a lot of different avenues to get at it. And they found after about a year's work, they found who they thought to be the 100 happiest families, couples in Oklahoma. And they got them all together and they gave them a, a long sheet to fill out. And it wasn't a test, it was just kind of to express yourself openly and truly. And they did. Uh, they asked the husbands and wives this question. Uh, how is it going in your marriage and what is your husband or wife uh, doing well? That was the question. That was the only question they had to answer. The researchers were very surprised by their results. In the 100 best families, the husbands and the wives really affirmed each other a lot, a whole lot. They all said to the other person each day, I love you. I really love you. They said a lot, you did real well on that. You did real well on that. They complimented how the other person looked, how they spoke, and that they joined in to help in some of the things that couples have to do, some of the work. Let me ask you this morning, have you uh, complimented your mate yet today? Have you done that? Uh, have you told your mate today that you really love them? Have you told them that? I see a few of you shaking your head. That's good. You get an A. <laughs> That's good. Men like to think they are good leaders. Some of them, of course, aren't, but uh, they like to think that they are. And it's kind of a male ego thing. All men want to think they're good leaders. Wives, you want to affirm your husband's leadership skills. Through your affirmation, you can maybe nudge it uh, in a little bit better way, in fact. Uh, that's the way to do it. Generally, women want a nice and a secure home. They want their home to be pretty and warm and inviting. 
Men, you want to affirm your wife's creativity, ability to create a living environment that is very pleasant. Uh, That's very important to the women. And we need to do that. The third important ingredient for a great marriage is the creative use of conflict. Most people hide from conflict. They withdraw after uh, any kind of conflict. They withdraw from the other person. They're not around them for three days. They try and get away from them. They go out here if they're going over here. Well, that's a very destructive pattern. It doesn't help anything. It doesn't help one thing. What does our scripture say today, the text of our message? Uh, Should we demean one another? Uh, No, that, it doesn't say that. Should we withdraw from one another? No, no, our text doesn't say that. Uh, Does it say to isolate yourself? No, it doesn't say that. What does it say? It says, be subject to one another out of reverence of Christ. Be subject to one another. Now, you know, if you're a bully, and believe it or not, sometimes it's the woman that's the bully. Uh, If you're a bully, uh, you're not helping the marriage. You're not making it grow. You're not making the communication better. You're hurting everything. We should never uh, put the other person down. We ought to, in every opportunity, put the other person up. We have been uh, told that if there is conflict in your marriage, you just ought to grin and bear it. Well, I want you to know this morning that whoever told you that was an idiot. (laughs) That's not true. And that doesn't help anything. That's just the opposite of what you ought to do. Conflict is like a smoke alarm. It's a warning. We need to pay attention to it. Your goal is to work through your conflict together. Find out what's wrong and deal with it. You got to deal with it. You can't hide. Conflict is difference that has become a disagreement. Conflict is, of course, heated up by anger. Anger makes everything worse. You can't be angry and loving at the same time. You need to get the anger out of the equation. And then you have a disagreement. And a disagreement can be worked on. It can be solved. You can come to a resolution that both would uh, like. You can resolve it. It does not come naturally. You have to work on it. There's a time to have conflict. Did you know that? A time. The time is not when the other person walks in the door. That's not a good time. Don't do it then. Uh, It's not the time late at night when you're in bed together and it's, uh, you know, you think it's about time to close your eyes and go to sleep and your mate turns over and looks at you and says, by the way, I hate your guts. (laughs) That that doesn't work very well either. That's That's not a good one. 
you want to do something uh, else. You know when a good time is? Right after supper. Uh, that way you have four or five hours that you can talk about whatever it is and resolve it. You want to you wanna resolve it. That's the goal. Then uh, you, you need to realize screaming doesn't help. You know, if you think about it for just a few minutes, has screaming ever helped anything? No. You know, some people feel like, you know, I've got to scream. Just got to scream. I've had people, when I was counseling, one of them start screaming. And I say, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Is screaming going to help this? And, you know, then they have a moment of clarity and they realize that isn't helping at all. Screaming never helps. In fact, it always hinders. The silent treatment never helps. It just prolongs the conflict. Just before you go to sleep, you need to kiss your husband or your wife and hug your mate and tell them that you really love them. Every day thereafter, put them up. Don't put them down. Tell them you love them. Give them a good kiss. Treasure them. That kind of positive reinforcement makes what I'm talking about today a reality. Well, I hope that uh, there are some folks in the house today that would like to come and be a part of our church. We always make this invitation to folks that maybe you've been thinking about trusting Christ as your Lord and Savior. This is the time to do it. We are gathered together in God's house with God's word, with God's spirit. And I hope that today would be the day you'd trust in Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today could be the day that you'd come and join our family and be brothers and sisters with us in the Lord. We want to invite you to do that this morning. If you have other decisions, just come and kneel here at the front, and uh, we'll pray with you if you'd like. We're going to sing a hymn invitation. I'm going to stand right down here at the front, and however the Lord would lead you, you just uh, do what he wants you to do. Let's stand as we sing together. Mm